0: This commercial really gets to the heart of the matter, doesn't it? Uh, Not a word really was spoken there uh, because no words are needed. Those images express it all. Tears, tiny drops of humanity that carry with them the deepest emotions that we possess. We've all been there, sometimes, uh, many times over. Some of you, perhaps even today, Is there anyone who understands your tears? Is there anyone who gets what you've been through or what you're going through? There is. Uh, Jesus gets you. He gets us. That's the title of the message series that we're in. He gets us uh, this month. And next, we're looking at uh, a variety of the ads from the Jesus campaign in order to discover or perhaps Rediscover who the real Jesus is. And today's topic is a very relatable one for us, and Jesus. In fact, God's Word describes him as a man of sorrows, a familiar with suffering. He gets us. He gets tears. Jesus is no stranger to what we go through. He had firsthand experience. And this morning we are going to take a look at an episode in the life of Jesus that illustrates his familiarity with tears. This story will show us how Jesus not only understands our sorrows, but enters into it with us as well. So let's turn to John chapter 11 in order to watch and to listen to Jesus as he encounters two grieving sisters and their brother Lazarus. We really don't know too much about Lazarus. He's not a major player in the Bible, not a spotlight guy. Lazarus was not one of the 12 disciples or a prophet or anything. No, Lazarus is just an ordinary guy, but he's an ordinary guy who Jesus loved. That's the term used to describe Jesus' relationship with Lazarus, love, someone Jesus loved. Uh, The Gospel tells us that Lazarus got sick and his life was hanging in the balance. His sisters, Mary and Martha, they sent for Jesus, but it's too late and Lazarus dies. When Jesus arrives on the scene, there is great sadness and mourning The tears are flowing, Lazarus' body was already in the tomb. I'll read what happens next and we'll take it all in and then we'll unpack it from there. Beginning with verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved and spirit and troubled. We've him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. All right, let's stop there for now. Today, um, with a lot of help from Tim Keller's great little book called Encounters with Jesus, we're going to look at three interactions, one with Martha and one with Mary, and then ultimately the one with Lazarus. Okay, first up is Martha. Jesus gets Martha. He arrives and Martha meets him with these words, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Well, that's an interesting thing to say, given the situation. It's a statement of faith, and there's trust there. And that even in spite of the circumstances, she kind of says, Jesus, you could maybe ask God? Oh, she, she gets it, uh, kind of. Uh, maybe she doesn't fully realize that God is standing right in front of her. Uh, how does Jesus respond? Well, he tells her the truth. He speaks to her head, it's direct. Matter of fact, Jesus says, Martha dear, your brother will rise again. And then he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. And with me, it's never too late. See, Jesus is saying something really, really big here and more to come on that, but what he's doing is helping her with her sadness by assuring her with words of truth. He's kind of giving her a reality check, which is just what Martha needs. Jesus gets Martha, and he gets Mary too. Along comes Mary, and essentially she says just about the same thing to Jesus, but but this time his response is different. Jesus doesn't say much. He doesn't push back the sadness. No, this time he enters into it. He stands alongside her in her grief. He bursts into tears, and he can only say, where is he? Two very different Responses. Jesus addresses each individual need. He understands, but there's more, much more. Jesus is not only showing us something about his relational wisdom, but also about his identity. This is important. See, Jesus is fully God and fully man not God describe you know, kind of disguised as a man, no, he is all God and he is all man all at the same time. Watch Jesus here. With Martha, what does he say? He says, I am the resurrection and the life and this is an enormous claim that I am phrase is a tip off. Uh, God told Moses way back in Exodus, my name is I am. Call me I am who I am. And so when Jesus says I am, the resurrection and the life, he is saying that he is God himself. And by the way, this is not the only time Jesus uses the I am phrase. It's all over the gospels, especially the gospel of John. And every time you hear it, Jesus is claiming to be God. What he's saying is I am the resurrection. I have the power to give life and to take it away. I have the power that keeps everything alive. I." am God. So, Jesus comes with the truth because Martha needs to hear the truth. Jesus strengthens the faith of Martha with bold truth. Listen, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die." And then he has this question. Do you believe this? Jesus claimed that he is God that deserves a response because that is a bold claim. Do you believe this? You have to respond. Either Jesus is a crazy person who just thinks he's God, and so, in that case, you dismiss him as a nutjob, or you pity him, or you run away from him. Or, maybe, you think he's just a really, really good teacher, you know, someone like Confucius or Buddha, you know, who said some pretty wise things, but really wasn't God. More of someone who kind of shows us the path to God. Or, or he's exactly who he claims to be. He is the one true God. And so, you gladly hold on to him as your Savior. Do you believe this? It's the only question that matters. Uh, now, let's return to Jesus' interaction with Mary As noted, she comes at Jesus with just about the same words, Lord, if you had been here, you see, it had been four days, and that's significant, four days. The Jews believe that the soul remained near the body for three days after death, and in the hope of somehow the soul returning to it. If this is the idea in the minds of Mary and the other mourners, then obviously all hope is lost. It's been four days. Lazarus is truly dead, and he ain't coming back. But how does Jesus' respond to Mary? Martha, remember, she received the truth to strengthen her faith. But this time, Jesus comes with tears to comfort Mary and her sorrow. You got truth and tears. When Jesus meets Martha, we get the truth. He is God. But there's more. Jesus is also man. He enters into the sadness with Mary. He weeps. See how, how he loves. His love pulls him down into the sorrow. Despite his claim that he is the resurrection and the life, Jesus responds to Mary with tears because he's fully human as well. He's one of us. He feels the horrific power of death and and grief of losing your loved one. He gets you gets you even more than you get you there's no one like jesus he is god and man he is divine truth and human tears He's jesus and he gives to each sister exactly what is needed in the moment he knows each heart and he knows yours too he knows your tears, whether they flow from disaster or divorce or death. He gets you and he is with you and will give you what you need in each and every moment. And and sometimes you need to be reminded of the truth, you know. Don't doubt, don't despair, believe. He who believes will live, even though he dies. We have the great hope of heaven, you know. A reunion awaits, something to look forward to. Take heart, don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have a lot to look forward to. The best is yet to come. It's going to be awesome. And other times, you just need someone to come alongside you and enter into your sorrow with you. That's what love does love shows up i remember a time actually it's my very first year at messiah it was a time i'll never forget some of you might know that uh, my wife mary and i we have five children uh, but in reality we have six one is not with us we named our first son charles john after each of his grandfathers If he were physically alive, he would be almost 22 years old. Uh, But he died before he was born. And Mary and I were heartbroken. We were planning on a healthy baby boy, but now we were heading to the family plot near Chicago with a, a little casket in the back seat of our car to lay that little body to rest. It was just Mary and I, and I really wasn't sure what I was going to say when we got there, if I could say anything. But when we pulled into the cemetery, there was a couple waiting for us. Well, that's strange since I didn't tell anyone or invite anyone to our little graveside funeral. But there they were, Paul and Beth Schultz, waiting for us. They made the 300-mile trip ahead of us. And Paul just said, we got this. And then he talked and he read something from God's Word. I really don't remember which. And then Beth sang a song, I think. I really don't remember that either. But what I do remember is that they were there. Love shows up. Well, you know, uh, if you were here last week or the week before watching online, how we've been uh, really, there's two things we've really been trying to invite you to. I'll say it one more time. i love for you to show up for night to shine about i don't know if we need about 30 more that would be awesome Uh, secondly you've heard us talking about uh, the value of community groups now there's a there's a reason for that um actually many reasons but i'm going to just point to my favorite reason why community groups uh, are so important and for me it's love shows up Um, being there for one another is at the heart of community and it's really important you see it's it's difficult to really connect to one another in a large group on a sunday morning and that's really not what worship is primarily designed for but it's exactly what community group is for you you care for one another and you, you get to know people and you Get to know and become aware of what other people are actually going through. Uh, Registration actually closes tomorrow. And we'd love for you to be a part of a small group where you'll be known by a group of friends who show up for you. And, of course, then you'll have the opportunity to show up for others. Love shows up. Love shows up in community, Uh, good times and bad. Love rejoices with those who rejoice, and it mourns with those who mourn. Love shows up. Love shows up at funerals. And so does Jesus. This is why he came, to be with us, to weep with us came to enter into our sorrows. Um, but there's more. Oh, there's, there's so much more. Here, let me show you. It's the third encounter. The grieving sisters brought Jesus to their brother's tomb, and Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor, for he's been in there for days. Then Jesus said, did I I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off those grave clothes and let him go. You look at Jesus at the grave of his friend, and he's crying. And if you keep reading John's Gospel, you'll see more tears. They came in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'm sure they came on the cross. Those tears represent his heart for you. Yeah. For you. You see, what we've been doing this morning is really just looking into a mirror. Who are we? Well, sometimes we're Martha and sometimes we're Mary, but always (laughs) we most definitely are Lazarus. Uh, we're, We're the dead person who has no chance of coming to life or saving themselves. You look at Jesus at the tomb of his friend and he is, he's grieving, he's weeping, uh, but he knows something that no one else could imagine at the time. He's going to raise his friend from the dead. At the very end of John chapter 11, after Jesus raises Lazarus, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they get together and they say, all right, that's it is the last straw. We've got to kill him now. As Tim Keller points out, Jesus knew that to raise Lazarus from the dead would push his enemies toward extreme measures. So he knew that the only way he could get Lazarus out of the tomb was to put himself into it. Indeed, if he is to guarantee the resurrection for all who believe in him, he must put himself in the grave. On the cross is where he did that. And because of Jesus' death, we are released from sin and death. But there's more. There's much more. Easter means that we also share in his resurrection. And what that means for you and for me and for all who weep at the death of a brother or sister or son or daughter or mother or father or spouse or friend, that there is great hope and Future. I had to quote Keller one last time. He, he writes, if, if we could actually physically see our loved one now, they would be so radiant and beautiful beyond bearing that we would be tempted to fall down and worship them, not that they would let us the biggest challenge after losing a loved one is to realize that the love and joy and grace that now seems to be gone are still available directly from the original source, the Lord himself. Jesus gets you. And not only does he have the the power and the ability to raise the dead He also has the desire and the willingness to do so because he loves you. Contrary to what many people believe or, or think or have been told, Jesus did not come to make people behave. He came to bring dead people to life. Life in Jesus never ends in death and those who believe in him have everything to look forward to and if you ever want a hint read the back of the book there it is no more death or mourning or crying or pain For the old order of things will pass away and he will wipe every tear from your eyes. Do you believe this? Yes. Amen. Uh, This morning our Savior invites us to receive him, to commune with him and join him and one another. (laughs) in the Lord's Son.